In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the waters. And the Spirit of God hovered over the deep, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Almost everything that needs to be said about God is said right there in the very first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God. Pure essence. A life that exists outside of and beyond time. Before all creation. The the creative intelligence behind the, the universe with all of its majesty. In the beginning, God. Fast forward now through the centuries and imagine this Midianite shepherd tending his flocks, wandering around on a mountainside in the middle of the Sinai desert. And he stumbles upon a miraculous sight, a bush set aflame with some kind of sacred, eerie, otherworldly fire. And then he hears a voice, Moses, Moses, the place you're standing is holy ground. That voice goes on to speak of freedom and deliverance from captivity for the people of Moses who'd been bound up in bondage in Egypt for centuries. Moses. What's your name, Lord? Moses asked. And it was a good question because Moses lived in an age when there were so many gods who went by so many names that the number was almost too vast to even begin to count. What's your name, Lord? And a voice whispers back from the bush, Yahweh, Yahweh. A mysterious word, almost too sacred to pronounce. A word that some have translated as I am that I am a form of the Hebrew verb which means to be, as if to say I was and I am and I always will be, pure essence, the ground of being, the creative force behind all that is, I am, the name of God, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, Yahweh, the God of all creation, again appearing over the surface of the earth, this time speaking to a shoeless Midianite shepherd in the middle of the Sinai desert. Fast forward again through the centuries. Jesus is standing in the temple courtyard. It's almost dawn. The blazing torches that have eliminated the temple are starting to grow dim. It's the Feast of Tabernacles, one of the great celebrations in the course of the Jewish year, one that celebrated God's mighty act of deliverance of his people, one that was initiated in that conversation that Yahweh had with Moses all those years ago. Specifically, it remembered how God led his people through the wilderness as a pillar of smoke during the day and a column of fire by night. To mark the occasion, People lit a series of giant torches and mounted them on the courtyard walls. Earlier in the day, they'd remembered how God had provided for his people in the wilderness as he gave them water to drink and food to eat. 
And then they poured out large ceremonial vats of water to remember God's provision. And it was at that moment that Jesus turned to the crowds and said, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus always had a way of capturing a moment, and he's about to do it again. As the tabernacle torches burn down in the pre-dawn hours, as darkness begins to settle in, Jesus looks at the crowds and says, I am the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Those words were like a bolt of lightning. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, the crowds knew exactly what he was saying. This is one of the great I am statements in the Gospel of John. There's seven of them. And the power of those phrases isn't just in the object they refer to. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world or the gate or the good shepherd or the resurrection and the life, the true vine the way, the truth, and the life. The force of Jesus' words isn't just in the object, it's in the subject, the I am. Jesus invoking the sacred name of God, raw essence, life itself. And here you have the majesty of creation somehow miraculously bound up in this Nazarene rabbi. I am the light of the world. To say I'm the light of the world is to identify yourself as God. Psalm 27.1 said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. 1 John 1.5 says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And so here you have him, Jesus, in the middle of the Feast of Tabernacles, marking God's provision and protection and deliverance of his people. And Jesus is identifying himself as God's very own Messiah. God had led his people through the desert, through the darkness, through the wilderness. And he's about to do it again. Only this time, his people didn't just refer to a few small tribes from ancient Israel, these descendants of Jacob. This time, his people meant all the nations of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I know the way through the darkness, Jesus is saying. I know the way out of darkness, the darkness of ignorance, the darkness of sorrow and sadness, even even the darkness of the grave. Come, follow me. This year, Holy Week is going to feel pretty different for all of us. Maybe it feels like we're in the middle of one of those wilderness times again, a little lost, cut off, anxious, uncertain, longing for a world that we once knew and not sure if we're ever going to get it back again. Maybe it's a different kind of darkness, but like all darkness, it prevents us from seeing, and it's the not seeing the not knowing what tomorrow holds, not knowing what the future will look like that makes this year so much more difficult. Darkness clouds our eyes and it impairs our sight. 
but then it comes. Just like a candlelit torch at the dawn. First, just a crack of light at the end of some distant hallway. Just a little bit of of glimmering boreal light. But then it comes in all of its radiance. The full-on glory of the sun. The one true sun. The one whose radiance makes any petty star in our own galaxy pale in comparison. This is Holy Week, my friends. And maybe you find yourself trapped inside and vulnerable in ways that you have never known before, but you are not alone. The sun will come, and nothing in the world can stop him. Can I suggest this? In that that time that has been given you, that Sabbath space that has been forced upon you, that you make some of that sacred time, that you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, that you immerse yourself this week in his story, read the Gospels, especially read with us through the Gospel of John and its seven majestic I Am statements. Read the Gospel and and watch with us and listen each day. Move with Jesus from the temple courtyards to the upper room. Join us on Good Friday. Feast with Jesus at his table, at the supper that we would come to call the last. Go with him in prayer to the Garden of Gethsemane. Weep as he's dragged out to the summit of a hill called Calvary. And then watch and wait. For as always, it's in our darkest moments that God's greatest miracles are accomplished. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. May Christ be with you this week. May he brighten your days and fill your nights and give you peace. Be well. Be blessed.